0: Welcome guys, it's week 8 preview, Kieran's Corner, and today I've got two very special guests to talk about their teams with me, it's your boy Lee Wakefield and your boy Andy Moore, say hello guys.
1: How you doing mate, you alright with crashing on your pod now?
0: Well I've invited you guys on because you can give me a little bit more insight into the games we're going to talk about today. Up first we've got Dolphins and Rams, second Patriots, Bills and then Chargers and Broncos up last. So let's get into it right away. We've got the three and three Dolphins against the five and two Rams. Now we'll start off with the Dolphins who have was the tour show now, isn't it, Andy? Yes,
2: sir. Exciting times, ma'am.
0: How do you think he's gonna do?
2: Uh, as long as he can stay on on two feet, I think it'll be interesting to see, man. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited. Um, feels like it's been a long time coming. Obviously, COVID and stuff has like kind of restricted us seeing him at all, apart from two two uh, passes at the end of the last game. So yeah, man, it's uh, it's here. It's finally here. And uh, yeah, I guess. Um, uh, Herbert and Burrow have set like a good example of what we're looking to see and that sort of thing. So, yeah, man, uh, obviously until his injury last year, he was kind of hyped as the as the kind of best quarterback out of the lot for uh, in
0: last year's class. So, uh,
1: man, let's just hope he lives up to it.
0: What about you, Lee? Excited to see how he stacks up against your favourite rookie?
1: Yeah, for sure. I think we've all been excited to see, and you know, obviously we're coming from the College Football Podcast, so excited to see sort of a, a new rookie and a new sort of era for Miami as well. And like like Andy said, kind of hoping that he falls in the footstep of, of Joe Burrow and Herbert because they both had really good starts to their career.
0: Yeah, well, I, w- I will start off with a couple of notes about the Dolphins. Andy might correct me if I'm wrong, but as far as I know, Kyle Van Noor and Shaq Lawson are out for this game, if yeah. I am correct there. Um, I just want to start as well. Brian Flores is a legit coach. He has done great work with this team, whether it was the... Ryan Fitz magic cycle hitting again Or Flores just really getting in there And getting stuck in They've had a great, great start to the season And he's built a real great defense 3-3 three three isn't ideal But when you're coming in with a, you know Less than ideal starting quarterback They've really done a good job um, We look at some of the stats now from the guys Devontae Parker who has looked a little bit slow this season, I'll be honest. 364 yards, two touchdowns. Mike Gusecki's been an absolute monster as well for the um, Finns this season. 281 yards, two touchdowns. Uh, Preston Williams as well, a little bit of a surprise for me. I didn't think he was going to be amazing this year, but 213 yards and three touchdowns, leading the team in receiving touchdowns. Um, who, who Who's going to be the big target for Tua, do you think, Andy, going into this week?
2: I think it's got to be Parker, hasn't it? I mean, um, Williams has been—I mean, touchdowns aside, he's been quite slow. a Couple of drops, um, getting uh, covered quite well. He's obviously coming back off, a, off an ACL injury, so kind of to be expected. And without the preseason, etc., again, but um, Parker's the big guy. Um, and I know you mentioned like, a slightly slow start to the season, but the thing is, he's bringing in everything that's been thrown at him, and, and with Fitz, Fitz has kind of forced the ball. Uh, his way into to, into tight coverage quite regularly in the first six games. So I'm, I'm hoping that can just kind of continue. Um, he's probably lacking like a, 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 a half yard of, of speed at the moment as well. Again, a couple of niggling injuries. So if he can get back to, to full fitness, he's going to be uh, Tour's number one weapon there as well. And I think we'll see like so, some kind of gadget. Plays as well. No, we haven't really seen with Fitz, who's kind of not, a, not wasn't great with the RPO and that sort of thing. So I think Tour will bring that element to, to the offense, and that's really one of the, the keys to the game. On on Sunday, I think it's just getting the ball out quickly. Um, I've got my own little, little stat here, which I just pulled out before we came on air. but Tua led all of, of college football in passer rating when getting the ball out in under 2.5 seconds uh, in 2019. Um, and it's just key on, on Sunday again, obviously Aaron Donald's an absolute beast. And, and that is absolutely huge for us this weekend is just stopping that pass rush. And the way we can get around that is by Tua getting the ball out on time, uh, Gaziki under the middle, um, and then maybe you're going to see Lynn Bowden and a couple of those guys as well. Just like the, it's a kind of ideal atmosphere for somebody like Albert Wilson, who's obviously uh, not held out this season for, for the COVID reasons. Um, but it's that kind of atmosphere of just get the ball out underneath and let the receivers make the plays. Whereas whereas Williams and Parker are a bit more your, your traditional outside guys. So be interesting to see who steps up. Um, I think Jakeem Grant could be key uh, as well there for us. But yeah, like I, I'm I'm quietly confident. Um, Especially on offense, I think it's going to be a, a probably quite a slow start as two are just beds in. Um, but also, I think uh, on the flip side of the ball, the Dolphins' secondary is arguably what, like the best, if not one of the best, in, in the league with Byron Jones and Xavier and Howard there. So th- those guys can really blanket uh, Woods, Cup, and uh, and in Eric Rowe, we've got a fantastic. I think tight end blanket as well. Who's been who's kept like some of the best uh, tight ends in the game quite this year, especially George Kittle earlier as well. So yeah, the, the, there's it's 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 a good balance. I'm looking forward to see how it goes. To be honest, because I actually really like the Rams and, and preseason, I tip them as a the kind of dark horse to to make the playoffs. They've got a great coach, as we all know, um, uh, great receiving core, and and when you've got uh, Ramsey in the secondary and Donald up front, and you're always going to have a chance on the defensive side, aren't you? So yeah, it's going to be quite a tight contest, I think.
0: Yeah, well, I actually really like what Sean McVay is doing with the offense this year. If you, if you watch how he schemed it, he's actually pinched a lot from the Ravens. And that really reflects on how they're playing the playing with the ball right now. Um, do you have any concerns about the Dolphins rushing? Because uh, obviously Gaskin right now is your leading rusher. He's put up 340 yards and a single touchdown. Do you have any worries that maybe the rushing game isn't going to help tour as much and he's maybe going to have to do a little bit too much?
2: I think that's the biggest like, hole on our offense. And, and the guys that I normally do the, the Dolphin UK podcast with are, are quite like happy with Gaskin and stuff like that. And that's not to say he's not playing well, but there's not really a secondary option at the moment. Matt Breed has been on and played limited snaps and not really showing the kind of stuff we saw from him in San Francisco. Jordan Howard's a non-entity at the moment and not made the, the game day roster several times as well. So that's obviously a concern. Uh, and to be honest, that's the, the, the thing we're looking to tackle in the draft next year, I, I think anyway. So there's that, but but I think what the coaching staff likes out of Gaskins, he's willing to put his body on the line. He's, 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 he's good in pass protection. And that's what we really need to obviously uh, this week um, and, and to be honest he's been moving the chains okay so I mean like, yeah like you say it's not really been uh, it's not really been blinding and I'm, and I'm not like sold that he's the, the option going forward but like at the moment when we're focused on the pass he's getting the job done and now we've removed Howard as the kind of uh, like goal line vulture for the touchdowns then I think you'll kind of see a bit more of that for, for, for Gaskin there and uh, and his numbers will start to add up a bit better than what they see seeing on paper at the moment
0: yeah You know, I I feel like if you can get that run game going, that's actually a big help for Tua. But I'm going to move on to the defensive side now, because Xavier Howard is leading the league in picks. He's been an absolute beast. Um, Emmanuel Ogbra as well, five sacks on the season. He's catching up to Aaron Donald's eight and he's got 10 plus QB hits. And uh, you've got Jerome Bakers leading your guys on tackles right now with 28 solo. Talk about defense, because so I said going into this year, they're probably going to be a top 10 defense with the pieces they've added, but they've actually played that well. I mean, you kept Seattle to almost minimum on offense, and they've been explosive every single game this year, which is why I think you give the Rams fits. Do you, do you think the defense can stand up to what Goff and um, Darrell Williams and stuff are going to throw at you guys? Sorry, yeah. Darrell Henderson.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think we can, man. I think I think the bye weeks can be really helpful as well. I think that obviously, as we've touched on, McVeigh and stuff can, uh, the scheme is just fantastic and it can and move the chains against any defence. So I think that the bye week giving us a bit of a chance to prepare will be really beneficial. But that secondary, uh, it's like a blanket at times. So that's the that's really key. Um, the, the kind of run game we got gashed in the first couple of games we played, to be honest, this season, it's tightened up since that. And that's mainly because we've moved like D- Davin Godshow out of the starting lineup and and I think it's Zach Sealer that's come in there in in the like middle at defensive tackle. So he's doing a really good job at the, straight up the middle. The the concern for the Dolphins for like many years has just been the pass rush. Um, it's the kind of edge rushing. After we lost Cam Wake, not really being that guy to step up. And, and Ogbar's looked like that to, to, to start this season. Uh, going, I mean, other than that, I think we just we we still need someone to kind of pull the threat from the other side. Once Ogbar gets like tall. Double- or, or puts a tight end in to, to help it just kind of nullifies that so it's really just can we continue that I mean like Van Noor is fanta- fantastic when he's playing um, but like you say at the moment just like injuries are on and off so um, and, and the linebacker group really is probably the, the big weakness on the um, uh, on the defensive side of the ball as well. In just the fact that it's quite slow, it's, it's very good against the run when it gets going. Jerome Baker, like you mentioned, fantastic run stuffer, but then in pass protection, not great as well. So there's, there's little chinks in the armor. Still, it's not quite like as good as it could be. In a, and 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 it's but it's getting there. Like you say, top ten uh, defense wouldn't be um, a shock at the end of the year at all for me. But I, and this week, I think. McVale will find a way to expose a couple of those flaws, and that's what Brian Flores has got to respond to and and, and stem it before it becomes a, a, a game losing um, problem.
0: And yourself, Lee, do you like what you're really seeing with this Miami uh, Miami defense? Because I, I feel like a lot of people were kind of sleeping on them before the season, but now halfway through the season, they've really cemented themselves quite well. Do you like how they've
1: gelled? Yeah, they're definitely showing improvement, aren't they? Obviously, went into the quite public tank last year. Um, and I think people are still kind of having that mindset when they look at Miami, you know, they're still seeing it as quite an easy game, you know, opposition fans I'm talking about now, seeing it as a quite an easy game. But yeah, like, like you guys have just said, and Andy's just summed it up really nicely that that team has got a lot of good pieces and, and a lot of good players that are playing well as well. You know, it's not the finished article yet, as we said but it was never going to be a one-year job, you know, to rebuild that team and rebuild that defence. But, you know, Brian Flores is kind of in, installing that discipline, installing that kind of winning mentality that he's brought over from New England, as you well know. And, uh, yeah, they're looking like a, a really solid unit. And I think they'll get a lot more respect as time goes on, you know, from next year onwards as they as they continue to improve, you know. And I think one thing that they've done and one thing that Flores has done, uh, and Andy will probably back me up on this or, or tell me that I'm talking rubbish, but he seems to have installed quite a lot of culture guys and good people, and got rid of the people who just wasn't interested in being there, wasn't being interested in the rebuild. And it's why we've seen, you know, some outgoing trades and some some draft picks come in who maybe, you know, while while the good players maybe they got a bit overdrafted. I'm thinking of Christian Wilkins, but obviously he's an excellent guy, he's an excellent dude. So you know, the sort of people that you want to build your locker room around and, and install that new culture with.
2: Yeah, you're completely right, mate. That's exactly the, the kind of theme that's flowed through this team uh, since the start of last year. Obviously, we saw Fitzpatrick uh, traded away to the Steelers, and that was a kind of uh, like a bit of a shock at the time. Obviously, only been in Miami for a year, but you kind of got the the kind of reports coming out of, uh, out of the building were just that he only wanted to play... Uh, strong safety and we've seen the fact that he can do that really well but we were asking him to line up in the in that cornerback and, uh, and like linebacker some, some snaps as well so I mean like not not to say the guy's a bad dude at all but I like obviously had that friction with Flores to start with and he's not afraid to make that decision to, to, to snap and, and, and move the big big names on if needs be and it's paying off man and I think that's kind of what you're seeing in the kind of off-season acquisitions like Shaq Lawson and co not maybe torn up massive trees where they've been before especially with Lawson with the build and stuff but just the kind of right work ethic and, and to me that's probably why like the likes of Howard and Breeder aren't starting on offense behind um behind Gaskin because we know Gaskin's a hard worker you saw his college production 2,000 yard seasons and stuff for Washington there so we, we just know that, that he's obviously the guy that's putting the work in and maybe Howard's come in with the price tag and and, and not putting it in at all and that's why you know he's not even making the roster yeah we're,
0: we're gonna Yeah, the Dolphins are just fantastic this year. I think they've actually surprised a lot of people. Going to move on to the Rams very swiftly now, though. Goff has looked painfully average this year. 1,790 yards, 12 touchdowns, four picks. It's pedestrian. I know I, I shouldn't say that. I'm not an NFL pro, but that is very pedestrian. Cooper Cup, 417 yards. He's put it in the end zone twice. Woods, 351 yards, three touchdowns. Josh Reynolds. 278 yards two touchdowns tyler higby 222 with three touchdowns he's spreading the ball around well but we're seeing a lot with this offense it relies a lot on guys like cooper cups making motions really diagnosing uh defenses pre-play rather than him figuring out once the ball snapped because i don't think he has as much time as he he would like to i don't think that offensive line is as good as it was last year um Daryl Henderson, 411 yards on the ground, three touchdowns. We've got Brown with 274 and three touchdowns. And Cam Akers has looked, he's hes looked okay. I'm i am not, not going to say he's lit the world on fire. And I'm sorry, Andy, because I know he's your boy. But how how has Cam Akers impressed you uh, with how he's come into that offense? I mean, he's not lit the world on fire. But as a Florida State fan, did you expect more?
2: It's been a bit pedestrian, hasn't it, to be honest. But I, I can't... I mean, I'm a, a massive fan of, of Cam and stuff, but can't say I'm overly surprised because the games where he really excelled um, for uh, for FSU with the games where the whole FSU offence excelled, he didn't really like pick the game up and, and run... Uh, you know, g- dragging with him by by the balls or whatever when he was playing for FSU. So I can see that kind of uh, element come straight into the Rams' offense. But what I think for them, I think they just need to pick a bell cow out of the three of them. I think all three can do it, um, but it seems to me that they, they flex them in and out, and, uh, and and obviously Akers has had injuries and stuff as well. So until that guy is there, then then it's not really like the threat that Gurley was ever carrying and I know you can kind of go running back by committee to replace the yardage and that sort of thing but you just knew when Todd Gurley got the ball in like 2018 that the ball was moving 5-10 yards and, and if you were in the red zone then even if he was catching the ball out of the backfield, it was just a threat, wasn't it? But you don't really feel like a threat from those three guys at the moment. And you, and that's why I think like people like Robert Woods are so effective. That's the main guy that we've got to stop on, on Sunday um, because he's just got the kind of the dynamic play to just move the chains and, and come and get the ball in the backfield, as you say, on those like, um, end rounds and that sort of thing.
0: Yeah, I did rattle off quite a few stats very rapidly there. But Lee, is there anyone on the Rams offense that's, like really impressed you because we've seen Sean McVeigh's got some really flashy play calling. Like I said, he he's stolen a lot for the from the Baltimore Ravens and a lot oh. of it is pre-snap reads and things like that. Is there is there um is there anything on that offense that's impressed you?
1: Well I think you kind of said it yourself. Like it's it's been quite pedestrian and the star player of that offense is actually McVeigh. He's the one who puts them in the situations. It's the scheme that kind of gets them open. And as much as they've got good players, you know, Robert Woods and, and you know, this bevy of running backs, and I really like Cooper Cup as well, they, they, they're they overperforming their, their sort of skill set because McVeigh's such an offensive genius almost. And he puts them in, like, great situations, calls the right players all the time and and kind of does what, does what good coaches do. It's a little bit like Shanahan. You know, we've talked about in the past on the College podcast and on other Full 10 Hours podcasts about how... You know they're such great coaches and things like that, and they're always a step ahead. And McVeigh is kind of that that sort of overall, overarching figure that can kind of always keep them ahead of the game. And like you say, you know he's Jared Goff's brain almost in a way. So yeah, I mean I didn't really answer the question, but I think it's down to the coach more than maybe the players um, on that offense. To be honest with you.
0: Yeah, uh, mcveigh 's kind of. I don't want to be that guy, but McVeigh sort of is a genius, and I think we're still in the era with where even guys who've just like had lunch with Sean McVeigh are somehow getting jobs in the NFL. Um, but we're going to move to the defense. Aaron Donald is going to be a big problem for Miami. Eight sacks, second in the league in sacks, only behind the one, the only, Miles Garrett, uh Darius Williams two picks at the cornerback position John Johnson and Jalen Ramsey also have a pick apiece. the secondary is very dangerous there because Jalen Ramsey even if he's not picking up the picks he can keep a guy locked down all game so he just uh, if if you put him on Parker and especially Parker coming off the injury could eliminate Parker from the game what what do you think the biggest uh advantage this defense is going to have over the Miami Dolphins um Andy
2: I think just the kind of defensive line is that is the scary thing obviously we've got two um, rookies starting on the on the Dolphins O line, and to be honest, uh, Solon Kinley at right guard has looked absolutely fantastic so far. He's, he's huge, and if, if anyone listening like wants to go and check out some O line tape, just, just watch that man move some, some some dudes, man. He's huge. But then we've got Robert Hunts at right tackle, and that's obviously the key position, which is it normally isn't because of Tua's left handed uh throw, so that's absolutely crucial. So th- th- those guys are probably just gonna see something they've never seen before in a pass rusher in Donald and. I don't think we're really strong enough to contain that. That's why I said earlier, we just need to get the ball out quickly. But, and you also made a key point on on, on Ramsey, who's obviously an FSU guy as well. Um, Just a blanket, really. Parker's going to have to, like... Parker might just have to take one for the team this game and keep Ramsey busy and let the other guys like uh, eat sort of thing. But uh, knowing Parker and knowing the way that he took apart Stefan Gilmore last year in the last game of the season, then we'll uh, then he's obviously up for the challenge and he wants to prove that he's that guy because last year was such a phenomenal season for him compared to the previous ones. So if he wants to keep it going, massive opportunity today and, and no Ramsey will be in his ear the whole time. But no, but to answer your question probably, it's that D-line that's like really the scary factor for, for Miami, I think.
0: Yeah, he Parker really showed how good he is, especially with Gilmore probably being the best cornerback in the league right now. Lee, what do you think the biggest uh, weapon that the Rams are going to have on defense? What do you think the Dolphins are going to struggle with?
1: I can only echo what Andy's just said. It's Aaron Donald. You know, he's probably the best defensive player in the league, and yeah, it's just a scary prospect for any you know, interior offensive lineman that are across the, the line of scrimmage for him. So yeah. I can't really add anything more to that. To be honest, I think he summed up really nicely.
0: Yeah. Well. I, in my notes, I did say I feel like the Rams' key to victory will just be, you know, pounding the rock. But I don't, I don't think the Finns are going to lie down. Uh, but I will deliver my verdict now, and I'll, I'll come to you guys after I've got Dolphins seventeen, Rams twenty four. I don't think it's going to be a blowout, but I do think it's going to be a close game, and the, the Finns are going to fight this till the last last seconds on the clock. Uh, we're going out to Andy for your score prediction.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll be honest. I've got the Rams as well. Actually, I've got 24, twenty four twenty one. Um, historically the rams don't do great in the early window in miami um but like new team new first start for, for tour probably going to take a while to, to to click so i think 24 21 um you know we'll be in the game like you say and it'll either be a rams final two minute drive to win it or we'll just fall short
0: and uh same to you lee what's, what's your verdict on this
1: I'm going to go for a little bit of a low scoring one. I think the defense is both, both pretty good. As Andy said, it's got a long trip out east for the Rams as well. So, you know, might take a little bit of wind out of their sails as well. And obviously, like Andy said as well, Tua uh, coming in for his debut, it'll, it'll, it'll either be sticky and you'll see some flashes or, you know, it'll be amazing. Uh, but I'm going to go for a 20 to 10 uh, Rams win. It's quite a low scorer for me.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a general consensus. These defences are, are both going to be doing a lot of work uh, on Sunday. So second game we're going to get to. And guys, you can make fun of me all you want. We're going to go Patriots-Bills. The two and four Patriots, it just feels weird saying that against the five and two Bills, feels even weirder saying that. We're going to start with a crazy stat that probably not a lot of you realize. How many passing touchdowns do you think the Patriots have this season? Across three quarterbacks, by the way.
2: I don't think you threw any touchdowns against us. Uh, and I just remember Cam running the ball in against the Seahawks. I'm going one.
1: Lee um, I'm gonna go yeah, I don't think it's very many. I'm gonna go three, but I don't know. I have no idea.
0: We're at week eight and we have three passing touchdowns.
1: <laughs> it
0: is appalling. Cam Newton is actually uh you know, he's le- He's leading the team in rushing, but he's he's nine hundred and sixty-nine passing yards, two touchdowns, seven interceptions. It's absolutely terrible, but with two hundred and forty four rushing yards and five touchdowns, he's sits fifth in touchdown it's fifth in rushing touchdowns in the league. But the Patriots have not been good. They have not been good this season. The offense can't get it firing. Julian Edelman only three hundred and fifteen yards not made it into the end zone yet. Demir Bird, 233 yards, not made it into the end zone. And our first round pick, 172 yards and a touchdown from Nikhil Harry. It's been bad. And when I say that the San Francisco game is the first time I've ever turned off a Patriots game. It's the first time I've ever done it. It was absolutely appalling and... You know, Rex Burkhead, 154 yards, two touchdowns. Sonny Michelle, 173 and one. And Damon Harris, 177 yards. But he hasn't found the end zone either. He had a very big game against, uh, I think it was the Seahawks. He put up quite a few rushing yards. But, guys, what's wrong with the Patriots' offense this year?
1: It's almost as if signing a 31-year-old oft-injured quarterback with dodgy shoulders and accuracy issues was a bad idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I always think Bill's a genius. Not this time. Uh, I've I've got to say this is maybe he's a genius and maybe he won the first overall draft pick. But then again, we're in the same division as the Jets. So maybe we're not that terrible. You know you're bad when you've thrown three passing touchdowns all season and you're still not the worst team in your division. Um, We haven't been able to get anything... Going on offense Andy you saw it firsthand when We, we uh, And you're going to See it first hand again When we play the Dolphins this year It's it, Have you seen much Of the Patriots football Have you seen what's Going wrong with us That's
2: it man I think it's It was the same problem That you had Last season But like Brady just kind of Mashed it didn't he Like It's, it's, the, it's the receiving Options as well Obviously Edelman's Out this week Injured as well And Andy's been Carrying that injury All season So that's your main Guy gone there's no been no tight end replacement for gronk uh there's no kind of like deep threat it, it like that's for me it's really that that's an issue i mean if you look on those on the decent uh panthers teams which which newton took he didn't have a, like loads of options uh, throwing the ball, but he had like ten times more than than what you've got at the moment. I think that's just a huge thing for me. And and, I, and the other day I was looking, I was just thinking, do you know who's prime for the for a trade to the Pats? Someone like Kenny Galladay, who I've seen was being shopped to the to, to the Giants the other day. And, and if, if like the Patriots have got any sense, just go ahead and get like a huge receiver like that, man. It's, you've just got to get a game change, haven't you? Even if you're going to draft a new quarterback next year or whatever then that's just what's lacking for me the defense is always decent keeps you in games the run game is so like running back by committee but we're used to that and and you can get the ball out on the in the flat to James White and stuff which is always dangerous but there's just not a big play guy who when you need the ball downfield like who's going to get you that in this team there's just no one for me
0: yeah it's and and it's getting even worse like a good point for the Patriots is is you know is always the defense, but even the defense has struggled, especially against the run. We look like the Chiefs when it comes to stopping the run. It's it's bad, and and another big blow to us. Stefan Gilmore's had to have an MRI on his knee today, so potentially we can't even shop him for the first round picks we were were potentially looking for. He, he's a corner; you probably won't even get a first round pick for him. You're looking at second at best. But J.C. Jackson has really rose the occasion. He's got three picks on the year and. He, he he emerged last year as as sort of a threat, but this year with Stefan Gilmore sort of not really looking as good as he did last year. He's really emerged as a star. Adrian Phillips as well. Amazing. Made twenty-eight solo tackles, one of the highest in the league. And Chase Winovich, he's the I know he's only got two and a half sacks, but he's the team sack leader and he makes plays. Last year we saw saw him have a massive impact on, on special teams, but you know, the the team is not good this year the long and short of it is we suck we're a very very bad football team this year and it's a very weird feeling to me I'm not used to this sort of yeah you know I thought it was weird crashing out on the wild cards last year I was like we only made the wild card are you joking Um, (laughs) but yeah Uh, is there anything you see Andy with the the Patriots defense maybe especially that there maybe is some redeeming qualities there
2: I mean, I think you've just touched on a couple of the guys in Phillips and and Winovich and stuff. But it just strikes me as a bit like not as quite as bad as we were at the start of last season. But towards the end of the season, you've got like a bunch of dudes who like were above like average and above average, but no real like game changes there. So. I think it's lacking a bit in that in that respect, but but in Winovich and we've and we've seen it at Michigan and we see it now. He's a, he's the kind of guy that will just rally that defense, and and you, you seem to have got like your replacement for Kyle Van Noy ready made there in terms of leadership. So that's like that seems like a positive. And it looks like you know, if Gilmore does get shopped elsewhere, then, then fair enough. But he, like we mentioned earlier on, his day is arguably the best in the league, and and you just need those guys to to, to switch back on, don't you? I mean, we like you know, Miami's not going to be challenging for the Super Bowl this year, but we've seen how quickly a season can like you know, one season you can flip back to much better. You've seen it with the Titans, like you know, just need one piece to fall into place, and you can start making that run. So I mean, it won't be long till the Patriots are back. But I just wonder if uh, like how long like Bill got left it, if it's not like if it doesn't go fantastically this year you know doesn't kind of sit there further down the road is he going to have another like five six year kind of rebuild sort of and, and you know new quarterback for five years sort of thing or is it, does he want to win again right away and is he going to make moves to do that
0: yeah, that's, that's the problem with Bill as well. He doesn't like paying anyone, so any great talent we have, we, we don't keep in. Um, Lee, have, have you seen anything on the Patriots' defence that roused your interest? I mean, it's bad all round, but it, is there any redeeming qualities on this defence that can help us win games?
1: I mean, I think it's one of those things is that you still do have one or two good players, but they're just not at the races at the minute. Yeah. And what, I'm, what I'm loving on the, on the stream we've got going on is the amount of smiling that me and Andy are doing, at the, <laughs> talking about the Patriots being a bad team at the minute. Uh, obviously, you've had it good for quite a while. Um, so it's kind of nice for you know, just to see the Patriots fans kind of suffer for a little bit. Um, but no, I mean, yeah, I mean, Bill's a genius. Again, I'm going to go back to the coaches like I did with McVeigh. Bill, Bill is a, a defensive genius. He always gets it right and he always has them at a level that at least keeps you competitive. Just got to get, twitch the offense on us again and get those star players going because. You know, the defence can only do too, so much, can't it? You know, if you can keep a score to zero or keep it low, then you set the ball low for the offence to hit to get a win. But if you, you still need to put up those points, do you know what I mean? Even if the ball's super low, then the, you need something to go and get them. And it's not happening for you on, on both sides of the ball, working together in terms of that. Um, but no, it's one of those things where you'll suffer for one or two years. As Andy said, it'll come back. Um, whether you need to shop Gilmore, whether you need to, um, whether you, need to you know, Get someone else in or anything like that. It, I don't know. But it's going to be one of those things where it's another cycle. And whether that needs to be Josh McDaniels who comes in and does that or whether Bill does fancy going on for another three or four years and and making this new cycle remains to be seen. But you guys, you guys will be back. And if you can keep Bill, his defense will be pretty good. So it's kind of having that collective. You know, we've mentioned Adrian Phillips and Winovich. They're not stars, they're glue guys, they're effort guys. The guys that are going to make your, a good defence great, but I don't know if they can make an average defence good. Do you know what I mean? Um, it's one of those things where you just need a few more stars and need Gilmore to, to kind of get back to his best and start making some plays out there. Like you say, you, may, you mentioned JC Jackson kind of stepping into that role, but he's not got that star power of Gilmore.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't realise until we're at this point in the season how much we are missing Dante Hightower and Patrick Chung. Those guys really did fill roles that we needed. But I move on to the Bills. Now, they are... No Dawson Knox, um, Matt Milano, John Brown, and Trey Wright are all questionable. So we'll see if they actually appear. Josh Allen, I said it in my article. If he isn't a Super Bowl champion or an MVP within the next five years, I will get Eli Manning as a Hall of Famer tattooed on my chest. That's how confident I am in this young man. 2018 passing yards, 16 touchdowns, only four picks, 204 yards on the ground, and another three tubs on the ground. He's let it up to Stefan D- uh, Diggs, 603 yards, three touchdowns. Cole Beasley as well. What what a performance from the old man, 470 yards, two TDs. And they've obviously had like Gabriel Davis and John Brown, and Dawson Knox, all chipping in on that offense. But that offense really is explosive. You could have all the memes about Josh Allen overthrowing uh, wide open receivers by 15-20 yards because of that huge cannon of an arm But I really liked uh, what I've seen of him Not much of a run game to speak of Devin Singletary's been stopshire shy of 300 yards and just a touchdown But guys, how do you feel about this Bills offense? Um, we'll start with Andy because they're in division But they have been really, really scary this year
2: Man, your um, just to like slight negativity, right? Your kind of tattoo, I reckon it's almost guaranteed because your kind of Super Bowl window is like shutting slowly. Because unless he unless he does it this year or next year, obviously, and you lose the rookie contract, and then you add like Trevor Lawrence and hopefully uh, tour into the division, and then you add your rebuilding uh, Patriots in, man. Your your tattoo is looking proper likely. I'm not gonna lie, um, but but no, it's it's been explosive this year, hasn't it? And and I'd like to just like plug myself for a second, just in the fact that I was so positive about Diggs going to uh to to buffalo in the offseason i thought he just gave exactly what they've been after and for like fantasy purposes he kind of slipped right down the board but i was taking him early everywhere i could because just that that arm is just so strong and that's what Diggs does fantastically well is high point that ball and and get down the field and stretch the play so that's been a match made in heaven i think as well i mean i gave gabriel davis a big plug coming out of ucf another field stretcher uh, and and they 've just they 've really they've drafted to their strengths they 've traded to their strengths been a really good job by that bill 's uh, front office they 've put the pieces in in place to um just make, just really just play to allen 's strengths and that 's it 's looked really good and defensively as well man they 've got some proper good players there and that 's what 's the kind of scary bit for me over like the next few years is maybe not allen but just the kind of being shut down by Tremaine Edmonds, Trey White. Levi Wallace, when he when he's healthy and stuff, they just look they just look excellent everywhere, and uh, and that's a real threat to this division. and And it's weird how quickly the AFC East has gone from a bit of a joke <laughs> to just being like I'm not going to say it's not anywhere near the best division yet because obviously there's a, the the West Coast has got some good divisions, but this is going to be a great division in the next two or three years, man. It's going to be like a really exciting one to watch.
0: Oh yeah, if if the Jets get rid of Adam Gase, this this division could be genuinely yeah. exciting but Lee you, you've obviously seen the Bills play a couple of times this year how do you feel about this offense being as explosive as it is?
1: Yeah definitely it's it's kind of like you say the, the memes kind of keep him put away a little bit because Josh Allen isn't just now hitting deep shots all the time and he's, he's kind of matured a little bit in the way he's playing the game but what I think this goes back to is a couple of years ago um, not this past off season but the past off season before that is where the Bills kind of front office brought in loads of offensive linemen kind of thought threw loads of mud at the wall, see what stuck. And they've kind of done that again this year, but in a more refined manner. And they did that again with the, with the wide receivers in the same summer and then kind of did the same thing again, uh, bringing in people like Gabriel Davis and, and people like that. But they've kind of seen what's happened, see what the right formula is for them. They've, they've obviously hit on quite a lot of these free agents, you know, like, say, Cole Beasley, John Brown, um, and then a couple of offensive linemen as well in the same way. And they kind of put the pieces around Josh Allen so that he can be good, so that he can you know, mature become a better player, develop, and now they're kind of reaping what they've sowed really over the past few years. And, you know, doing, doing that sort of thing and getting then cherry on top in terms of the Stephon Diggs and things like that kind of puts you over the edge. goes back to what we're saying about the Patriots' defence and taking those players that kind of elevate you to that next level. And Diggs definitely done that. You know, he's a perfect, as I said, perfect wide receiver for Josh Allen, his kind of throwing style and, and the way he plays the game and, and kind of his capabilities physically. And then, obviously, you've got Josh Charlton as well. You know, he's a physical beast, isn't he? You know, he can, can be a full-back on the goal line and, you know, can always just run it in from there. And, and they've got a complementary running game. You know, like we've been saying, we've been talking about a couple of backfields that do it by uh, com- committee and these, are, these guys are another one you know they brought in single terry zach moss now he's in there alan himself is, is is like a running back at times isn't he so yeah all the pieces are there and obviously you've got um, you know brian dayball as well offensive coordinator who's you know one of the most up-and-coming offensive coordinators around and he's, he's doing a great job putting all these pieces in, in positions to to do what they do best i think it's that's that's what it is it's a complementary you know you look at this 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 roster and this offense and it's not like too many stars. You know, Diggs is, is probably the, the biggest star on that. You know, Alan's obviously up and coming. But Dave isn't like making them do things and asking them to do things that they can do, not trying to say, right, this is my system and this is what we're going to do, and then watching guys fail, which is you know what people do. Shout out Adam Gase.
0: <laughs> yeah. Um, we can't forget the defence, though. Their defence has been absolutely amazing. Trey White's probably the best corner in the league right now. He w- He was looking at that sort of award last year but Stefan Gilmore just sort of beat him to it you guys remember what school Trey White's from <laughs> that's right DBU um, but a couple guys on that defense just want to mention Matt Milano has been absolutely fantastic at that linebacker position he's also grabbed himself a pick this year but Jordan Poyer has gone off this 42 solo tackles 42 solo tackles, two sacks, four tackles for lost, six quarterback hits. He's just been lighting it up from that safety position. Uh, And also Mario Addison, not really the biggest name, but he's also got himself three sacks on the year. Not much can be said about the Bills' defense, except for they're fantastic and they're absolutely good. They're going to suffocate the Patriots' offense. Um, I don't really want to say more else on this uh, Bills' defense, but... What, what, what do you, uh, we're going to leave first on this one. What do you think about this Bill's defense?
1: Again, kind of what I just said about the, the offense, really. Not a, a bunch of stars, maybe one or two. Like you said, Trey White, absolute bona fide star in the league right now. But again, just a bunch of guys who are coming as free agents. You know, Mario Addison, Matt Milano, people like that. But also a couple of high draft picks in there. Ed Oliver, uh, obviously you've got uh, Tremaine Edmonds as well. They're kind of sprinkling in some star power amongst a lot of blue-collar workers, you know, Micah hired and Poyer, like you say, two, two guys at safety who are, are cast-offs, you know, from Cleveland and from Green Bay, but they're, they're the kind of guys now that they're now together and they're potentially the best safety duo in the league, like you say, you know, you're just reading out the, the Poyle stats and I'm thinking, and this is like a Derwin James kind of stat line. You know, and he's not a guy that gets talked about a hell of a lot, you know, and this is what we're getting in Buffalo now, a kind of blue-collar attitude with a lot of staff power and a system that works. Again, McDermott, you know, another great up-and-coming head coach who's who's doing a lot and doing a lot of the right things and not asking guys to kind of play outside of the capabilities. He's getting people that can play within themselves at a high level and do that consistently as well. And that's what you're getting with this Bills defense at the minute. And like you say, it's a great unit. It's one of the best in the league.
0: Yeah, and Andy even a minute ago you mentioned Trey White and Tremaine Edmonds and you know they're, they're obviously crazy but is there any other guys besides maybe the big names like Matt Milano and Jordan Poyer that stand out to you on that defence?
2: Um, I mean like Lee mentioned Ed Oliver and like that guy is just a wrecking ball isn't he just comes right through the middle um, I mean that's part of the reason I mean we like when the Dolphins played the early in the year we stayed in the game the whole game but we just got it just got a bit too much for Fitz. And, uh, and it, like, it was just because he was, like, carrying everything. Uh, and eventually, like, what has been a very good offensive line for the Dolphins just, like, couldn't handle the constant onslaught from Oliver and uh, and the guys the side of him. So th- that's, like, a bit unsung because, obviously, the secondary guys and the linebackers are getting a lot of attention. But they just keep the pressure on at all times. It's, like, it- it's, it's going to threaten Cam. It's going to stuff the run a lot on, on Sunday. Um, yeah, and-, and like you said, man, it's just... Suffocating and, and they look really good, and uh, and that's the kind of worry that I've got for for your boys on Sunday. She's just trying, trying to like get the ball out quickly, as we've said, and that's not really a Cam thing, is it? And when he takes off, there's a lot of athletic dudes in there that can be tracking him down.
0: Yeah, the, this Bills defense reminds me of the Philadelphia Eagles championship defense because not only is it high pressure, they've got a lot of guys on the roster that can do their jobs well, so they can keep fresh. A uh, fresh uh, guys on the field constantly by rotating them in and out. Um, but I'm going to get to my verdict now, and this this might shock you, but Patriots 10, Bills 34. It's going to be a slaughter. Uh, Andy, you're in division. We'll hand it over to you. What's your verdict on this game?
2: Uh, I've got Pat seven, uh, Bills 31. So I think I think they'll take their foot off the pedal just at the end for you mate. But it's it's going to be pretty pretty
0: one sided. I think. And, and you, Lee, what about your uh, uh, verdict on this one?
1: Yeah, full house, my man. It's a, it's a full house of big, big losses as well for yourselves. Uh, I've got the 38 for the bills and just 17 for yourselves, so another, another heavy defeat. I don't, don't expect you to put up a, a great deal of fight to be honest in this one. Yeah, it's d- a great joy. It,
0: it, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's not great. Um, we'll move on to our, our third and final game now, though the two and four Chargers versus two and four Broncos. Now, uh, First out, Trey Turner's out. Am I correct there, Lee? And Mm -hmm. uh, Brian Balaga and Joey Bosa are questionable. Or are are they out?
1: No, Balaga, is probably got a less positive diagnosis. He's obviously missed a few games now. Uh, The whole right side of our line has missed, you know, with with Trey Turner as well. But Trey Turner, like you say, is out. Bosa is kind of questionable because he's been carrying a couple of injuries throughout the whole season almost, uh, played with a triceps injury that really limited him, especially just before the bye. By doing did him some good. He played about 88% of snaps um, this past weekend against the Jags. So as much as he's not probably 100%, but then again, it's week eight. Is anyone 100% anymore You know, at this stage of the season? But he seems well. He seems like he's playing pretty well as well. Um, playing really well with one arm, like say, suffering with triceps injury throughout the, the first part of the season. But no, Bosa should be fine. Belaga, I'd say it's less than 50-50 on him, which is, again is a, is a massive loss because we were really looking forward to seeing Brian Balaga and Trey Turner kind of dominate on the Right side of that line, and for the one game that they they did we, they were together, then they did do that, which was was really about our appetite as Chargers fan base. But yeah, not to be as as it usually is on the Chargers defensive line, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, um we'll start on the offense. So potential rookie of the year candidate here, Justin Herbert's been fantastic. Fifteen hundred and forty-two mm-hmm. yards, twelve touchdowns, only three picks, which. I honestly didn't think it'd be that accurate 121 rushing yards and he's, he's carried it into the end zone twice. He's got some great receivers though. Um, Keenan Allen, 481 yards, two touchdowns and actually Hunter Henry, uh, stepped up as well, 481 yards and a guy, uh, Sorry, not 481, 291 and a touchdown. And a guy I'd not really known much about, uh, Jalen Guyton, 251 Mm. yards, three touchdowns. And Mike Williams pitched in as well with uh, 213 yards and uh, two touchdowns of his own. But um, Lee, if you you just want to tell us a bit more about uh, Jalen Guyton and uh, sort of his chemistry that's sort of emerged with uh, Herbert.
1: That's it. I think you've hit hit the nail on the head just before you've asked me there, really. It's chemistry. You know, Justin seems to trust him. He's only a second-year guy out of North Texas. He's an absolute burner. He's one of these guys where, you know, we've seen it a couple of times, Justin's hit him long, and he's got a couple of really long touchdowns, and that's probably what's made up a lot of his yardage. He doesn't get many catches, maybe two or three targets a game, but they're always deep shots that we use him on, and he, he can burn past the best of them. So, yeah, it's a guy that Justin trusts. Um, he's got decent hands from what we've seen, can track the ball really nicely. Um, obviously not a heralded guy coming out of college or anything like that. He was an undrafted free agent. He was with our practice squad, I believe, last year. Obviously, he's got his shot this year and he's, he's grasped it with both hands, pardon the pun, uh, for a wide receiver. But yeah, he looks like a pretty good weapon. Um, kind of what we wish Travis Benjamin would be when we had him a couple of years ago, uh, able to take the top of the defense and give um, the guys underneath some more space to work with. And Hunt Henry's kind of benefiting from that. Obviously, Keenan benefits from that anyway because he creates his own space. But just having that deep threat is, is not something that we've had. And we've, we've tried with, with multiple free agents over the years. Um, Eddie Royal, uh, obviously Benjamin, who I mentioned. They were both pretty terrible signings, to be honest with you. But yet again, uh, Tom Selesko seems to have found an undrafted free agent who can come in, do a great job. And like you say, his chem- chemistry and how he's meshed with Justin has, has just made it even better. Um, he's never going to be the, the number one guy. Obviously, we've got Keenan, and we've got Mike. We've got other receiving options. But a really nice complimentary piece. Been really, really impressive, him, actually um he kind of something that we've mentioned in amongst chargers fans is he seems to be what we wanted tyro williams to be he's never going to be that number you know number two guy but he's going to be a number three guy and going to be a really nice complimentary piece and like taking the top off the dean and really nice as i've said a couple of times so yeah no really really impressed with Jalen guyton so far um I don't know if i've been shouting about fantasy reasons or anything like that but a really useful weapon nonetheless
0: yeah he, he's a guy i I'd never really heard of. I obviously saw a little bit of him in North Texas. He made Mason Fine look like an absolute beast at quarterback, which he really isn't. Uh, but we'll move to you, Andy. Is obviously you've got your rookie coming on the field. How impressed are you with this Chargers rookie? Because you heard me talk about it constantly about how I don't think he's going to be good. How I I think he's the Mitch Trubisky of of the Chargers. Is it is it enjoyable watching me eat my words a little bit on that one? <laughs>
2: Well, Lee and I did a piece back in it uh, must have been like march time now about who the dolphins should draft and i didn't i didn't really make the case for for herbert over tour but I just thought that's what the dolphins front office might do and the kind of things I was saying was like uh, cool head under pressure like huge arm uh, and we've just seen it already so man i I've been, I've been so impressed it's like it's actually I really like gratifying to see because there was a lot of doubters, weren't there? Lee. I mean, you can't really argue that at all. And just yeah. say, and everyone was kind of like, "Oh, this guy's the third guy," and you know, the Chargers had to settle for him. But man, I, I don't even know. I think the Chargers might have taken him if they'd if they'd been above the Dolphins drafted anyway because he just fits this offense so well. He's giving Keenan Allen uh, like food constantly throughout games. I just love watching them two connecting. And man, I just want to see Mike Mike Williams a little bit more. There was a, mm. I can't remember who you were playing, but couple of weeks ago when they, those two connected and some of the catches that Williams are pulling off it was just uh, unbelievable what what a player Williams is when he like high points that ball and makes those acrobatic catches so yeah like I just hope those two click a bit further and, and man it's just going to be unstoppable for a few years isn't it and, and and like and again we talked about the strength of divisions changing in one draft cycle and, and this is kind of like giving a giving a, the Chiefs and stuff a run for their money there, there as well so yeah, man, uh, what a player! And I just hope he can keep it up because, like, he's setting a really high bar for himself really early. And uh, if it kind of drops off a bit, then it's going, to, it's going to be like a big disappointment to people. But man, I've seen I, I've seen everyone from like Dan Orlovsky to everyone just making the the massive point that he's just looking like MVP caliber, let alone Rookie of the Year caliber at the moment. So yeah, fair play for him coming and doing an absolutely great job.
0: Yeah, obviously. You know, Lee, 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 you can call him this now, but how it's a Herbert, his arm is, <laughs> he, he re, re, you can't teach a big arm and it, hmm. arm talent. He is, he's up there with some of the best in the NFL, even even guys like Russell Wilson. He can really, really rocket that ball. I think his arm, even at this point, he's, he's contending with Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes for, for how far he can actually sling it Uh your run game is actually fairly decent. You split it between two guys. They're not maybe getting the touchdowns, but they're they're mo- moving the ball little by little and giving Justin Herbert the uh, help he needs. But that's Joshua Kelly and Austin Eckler, both just shy of 250 yards on the ground. They've got a touchdown each. Uh,
1: mm-hmm.
0: How big are they really in helping Justin Herbert, just taking the pressure off him a little bit in short yardage situations?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think... We have missed Austin Eckler since he's been out injured the last couple of weeks. Um, Justin Jackson and Josh Kelly have kind of shared that load. And I think they've just done enough. They've not kind of blown the doors off anyone. We've played a couple of pretty good run defence teams in the Saints and the Bucks quite recently. And, you know, the young guys are getting, getting it done. They're only, you know, second and third, third, sorry, first and second year players. So it's one of them where they're still learning and they're being asked to do the big boy work now without Austin Eckler to kind of, be that lead guy and kind of move them along. Obviously, Justin can move his legs as well. So running game is is doing okay. It's, it's not where we want it to be. It's not dominant but in any sort of way, shape or form. Lynn would love it to be much better, would love it to be the sort of thing that we can control the game and control the clock with. That's what he wanted to do with Melvin Gordon, um, who I'm sure we'll mention a, a couple of times as we're coming up. Um, but it's just not that at the minute. And But at the same time, as Andy's just said, just, and as we've mentioned, Justin's doing a great job of moving the ball with his hand and his arm. Um so it's one of those things where we are kinda of not getting it done in the way we probably planned, but we're getting it done and it's one of those things where if we could close out a couple of close games every now and then we'd have a much better record for ourselves. But yeah, the running game is one of those where, you know, as I said, the guys are young, they can get better and I'm sure they will do. I'm I am excited by Josh Kelly. I think he looks really good and I'm always been a fan of Justin Jackson as well. So, you know, once Austin comes back in a couple of weeks, once he's come back from his hamstring injury, it should be firing all thin does again, especially if Justin kind of is worked because obviously he had a thirty one yard run this this week just gone against the Jags, another longish run as well. So if he can be kind of worked into that running game as well, then it's going to be good stuff. It's going to be diverse. And obviously we've got Joe Reed to come in as well. So plenty of weapons to go around and uh, hopefully plenty of yardage to be, to be made on the ground.
0: Yeah. You know, it Chargers have been playing exciting football. Your defense as well. I, I know he's had some funny injuries, but uh, Bosa's got four and a half sacks right now. Kazir White leads you in tackles with thirty uh thirty-four solo tackles, which is actually mm. crazy. But obviously guys like Ken Murray and Ingram um doing stuff out there on defence. How how do you feel about this defense? Do you do you do you feel like maybe you're a couple pieces short of, of being top level or, or do you are you feeling good about them so far?
1: Pre-season, mate, I'd like, we were we were so excited as a fan base about this defence. I think at the minute, like week eight in 2020 season, we are missing a couple of pieces, but do you know those pieces out there, pieces at the pieces on the sideline who are in the treatment room, you know, Derwin James, Drew Tranquil, people like that. So I think if we're all healthy and it, we know that paper, paper is not where football's played, if it was, then the Chargers might have a ring or two by now with the, the sort of squad that we've arranged over the past few years. But we we are there. We've just got to get them all on the field and got and get them all healthy. Um, as you said, you know, we've got we've got great players. You've just named a bunch of them. Really impressive, Kaiser. white I loved him coming out of West Virginia. Played a bit of safety there, so obviously he can cover. He's racking up the tackles like nobody's business. Uh, but he's one of those players where last year he has had his injury problems and Anthony Lynn was coming out and saying that Kai can't play like 100% of snaps. He's playing 100% of snaps the whole time now. So he's kind of... Sort of exceeding all of our expectations, really, as, as Chargers fans. And um, we just need a few splash plays, though. That's what we're missing on our defense. And that's where it's blowing hot and cold. We're not getting the turnovers that we should do. Um, you know, we're not getting strip sacks. But like I say, Bosa's getting there. Uh, Uchenyan and Wosu's playing really well, getting a few sacks. Uh, the linebackers are making big tackles, and Kenneth Murray being one of them, Kaiser another. But we're just not getting those turnovers, and we all know in twenty twenty NFL defense is all about making turnovers. So if we can turn that corner, get a few picks, um, and then we'll we'll be right up there again.
0: Yeah, um, Andy, I, I, don't, I don't know how much you uh, watch the Chargers, but is there any pieces of that defense you really like?
1: Man,
2: I, I was obviously a big uh, James Fando and James fan, so um, like disappointed to lose him. But I also really like Naseer Adley, who's just come. He's like a like just been solid so far. I think Lee just mentioned it that guys are just making tackles and not splash plays. But but he's been one that's been you know he gets all over sideline to sideline making tackles. So big fan of him. Big fan of Murray as well. Um, so just a good young nucleus there as well. So lots to lots to look forward to on, on charges on, on the defensive side of the ball for the Chargers as well. So I mean, hopefully like again, hopefully James comes back next season and looks like the the, the, the key to the lot. But if not and they, they draft really good defensive talent don't they so uh, that's like a, a massive plus but but yeah I mean I can't say I've watched uh, a huge amount but it seems that when you're watching like red zone it flicks over it's like Adderley uh, Haywood and Co still making big plays so yeah I like the secondary and, and it's it can only get better
0: yeah well finally we'll touch on the Broncos and man I have been really bloody wrong about Drew Locke I really thought he was going to explode this year and um, they're missing KJ Hamler this week, possibly Melvin Gordon. He's questionable, and Noah Fant should be back. He says he's back in fantasy. I bloody hope he's back in fantasy. He's my top <laughs> tight end. Um, but Drew Locke, obviously, he's missed a few games. He had that shoulder injury very early on in the season. He's thrown for 679 yards, one TD and four picks. Very underwhelming. Um, Tim Patrick, though, 354 yards, two touchdowns. Jerry mm-hmm. Judy, the rookie, obviously looking great, 286 yards, a touchdown. and Noah Fan at the tight end position, 257 yards and two touchdowns. Now, this offense isn't exp- as explosive as it should be, and I think Drew Locke's having some real teething problems with this offense given the amount of weapons he's got. He's got a very, very good wide receiver core, and obviously, you're probably missing him a bit this year actually, Lee, is uh, Melvin Gordon. He's he's put up three hundred and forty nine yards of four touchdowns on the ground. And Lindsay hasn't gotten the end zone yet, but still two hundred and four yards. Obviously, he's been injured as as well. Um we'll start with Andy now. Is this has this Broncos uh offense been what you'd call underwhelming, especially after people like myself really hyped him up in the offseason? <laughs>
2: I think you, got, you, you hit the nail on the head. And lock missing a couple of games. Um, obviously, that's going like, to you know tear apart any kind of offensive plan that you've got for. for well, he's out, and he's your, the guy they've built around. But also, to be honest, the, the, the main thing that's missing for this Broncos offense is Cortland Sutton, who's just that big. Huge-bodied uh, wide receiver, one on the outside that Locke went to time and again in that kind of stretch, uh, down the end of the season stretch last year. So that's what those you know those guys have been injured or, or completely missing. Uh, so that's the, that's obviously the, the the game changer there. And, and I think you can't really expect a lot from Locke when. It, when you're kind of missing his go-to guy and uh, Judy's probably growing into it and getting better great touchdown from him we saw a couple of weeks ago as well but what I'm looking for on, on offense to them is a bit more play action I thought we'd see that with uh, with kind of Pat Shermer and stuff there because I mean I, I, I did a like, bit of research before the season I kind of Saw how Shermer got um, Nick Foles bedded in back in the day with the Eagles. I think, I think with the Eagles, yeah. And it was just play action, play action, more play action. So that's what I'm kind of expecting to see in the next couple of weeks is that they kind of get that game plan back on track. I think they can be dangerous if they do that because they've got a couple of backs who are really kind of effective. So that's going to help sell the, sell the play action as well. Uh, and then you mentioned Tim Patrick. Who looks like really good, and he's been, uh, you know, he's filled in as as best possible, and he's moving the change. But w- once they've got Hamler back, I'm I'm kind of looking to see that deep threat as well. We know locke has got the arm for it, and I think that, that that's going to be crucial. But I mean, th- this game at the weekend, I think they're missing too many key pieces really to kind of compete with the Chargers team, which seems to be finding its identity. So that will be be interesting to watch. But I'm not like completely out on Locke yet. I think he's I think he's got a lot of room to grow. And he's got, a, and you know, he's got a supporting cast to do it. Just need to get the right game plan together and get a run of games going, don't they? Really?
0: Yeah. The same question to you, really, as well, Lee. Do you think? Well, Vic Vanjo's is definitely disappointed with the amount of production from this mm. offense. But do you think they've really uh, underselling what they can actually do given the weapons?
1: Yeah, for sure. They were really like the downs of the off season, really, weren't they? With the acquisitions they made through the draft, obviously, cotton Sutton was. Uh, a name on everyone's lips and not, not someone that I loved out of college, but he's proven me wrong. He's become a bona fide wide receiver one for Denver and looks like he'll be someone that we have to look after for you know years to come. And then obviously they've got Judy, they've got Hamler, that everyone was quite excited about. Noah Fant and, and Drew Locke himself were kind of players that people saw a lot of potential in from last year. Uh, with Locke finishing the season, obviously, and playing pretty well. It's always difficult though, isn't it? When you've, you're coming into your second season, people have seen a little bit of the... Um and then it's taking that step up and you're actually doing it. You know, it's not again, like I said, it's not played on paper, it's not played with potential. But I thought Denver did a really good job. You know, the front office did a really good job getting all these guys and drafting really well. They also one underrated piece of business that I think um should have been one to make Drew Locke quite comfortable was getting in Albert Aquabenam from Mizzou and obviously he's tight end from Mizzou that when Locke was there in college. And um when they played together, that was the last time Albert Aquabinam was good as well. So um, it's, it's, it's got a lot of pieces it just needs to actually be put them together and, and like Andy said missing Drew Lock for a couple of games is, is pretty difficult, um, obviously missing a couple of other injuries now as well, they've also been hit with COVID now on the offensive line, they didn't do too much on the offensive line, that's always been a bit of an issue for them, so again it's one of these, it's one of these isn't it, everyone in the AFC West sorry, is kind of like the AFC East, waiting for the Patriots to kind of die down, we know we've got the Chiefs in our division, it's always playing a little bit of a long game to kind of build that your team and, and build that roster up to to challenge the Chiefs. It's never gonna happen overnight. They are where they are. Um you can't sort of it you're not gonna expect them to kind of drop too much. So you've got to build slowly and try and capitalise when you are there. So yeah, I guess that Denver are doing a pretty good job of that um by building that offence and it will get there because they've definitely got the pieces. It's just not happen at the beginning of of the cycle for them because you know they've missed lock and they've missed a few other guys through injury and it always takes a little bit of time to gel.
0: Yeah well you say about the chiefs they're obviously the biggest threat in your division and besides las vegas that in my opinion Chargers have actually given them the best run for their money this season they they look great against them and but we're going to move to the broncos defense now because they are really missing von miller that it, 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 it's sort of like uh Deron Payne and chase young in um Washington. Deron Payne isn't a stat-stuffer, but the threat of him being there does a lot. So even if you're double-teaming Von Miller, you're missing out on Bradley Chubb and he, he's come out this year in four and a half sacks, uh, 11 QB hits and just a ton of pressure. He He's Fantastic as an edge rusher But um Justin Simmons as well look fantastic with a pick 34 solo tackles Which is, is just phenomenal And Malik Reed and Shelby Harris Are obviously guys who are contributing to that defence And we'll start with you Lee Because you're going to see him twice a year And you're obviously probably more well versed In the uh, the Broncos than me And Andy are just because you see them more Every year but is there any big threats On that defence that maybe I didn't mention there Who are going to cause headaches for Justin Herbert
1: I mean, no one that you really didn't mention. You mentioned the main guy who we're looking at on Sunday. is that That's Bradley Chubb, obviously, usually teaming up with Von Miller, obviously missing Miller for the season. But, yeah, I'm worried about Bradley Chubb, to be honest with you. And it, I'd be even more worried if Philip Rivers was still back there because, you know, our offensive line has well documented the problems that we've had. Obviously, we've had this COVID positive with Ryan Groy, whether that's going to upset the rest of the cohesion, whether we're going to have to bring in someone else uh, to kind of, um, you know, for a few weeks, even not just for this game, to kind of sit in. And, and take that place. Uh, I don't think we've had any more positives since then, which is good news. But yeah, we've obviously you know, not got the greatest defensive line in the world. And if we had Philip Rivers back there, the statue that he is, that would have been, you know, danger for, for, for us facing, facing Bradley Chubb. He's a great edge rusher. But the key to this, in kind of avoiding that pressure is just in being able to, to move the launch point and move the pocket. And I think we'll try and do that. I think we're trying to scheme Bradley Chubb out of the game. And the way that we call the plays and the way that we, we get Justin to move around. And he's been really good at that over you know, the, the past few weeks since he's got the start. But yeah, no, they've got some guys again. And it's one of those things, as a Chargers fan, we don't ever look forward to playing Denver, especially in Mile High. We always have tough games. We always have close games. It'll come down to the last few players. And that'll be reflected in in my prediction when we come to it in a little bit later on.
0: Yeah, um, before before we sort of deliver our verdict, Andy, is there any crazy pieces on that defence that you, you think... Uh, the Chargers should be worried about besides maybe Bradley Chubb?
2: I like A.J. Boye. Um, I'm not sure whether he's completely uh, the player that he was at Jacksonville in their their one season heyday. But um, I think he's a guy that can definitely... Try and lock down Keenan Allen at least, and 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 force uh, Herbert to go to other options. But as we start, as you said at the start of the piece, Herberts going to other options anyway without that. So, I don't think there's there's a whole lot to to worry them here. Um, but but they're still a, a decent defense and not like terrible um, at all. So yeah, they'll they'll be in, in amongst it and and you know you've got your Kareem Jackson and, and Bryce Callahan in the secondary as well who are who are competent players at, at least so yeah not 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 terrible but um you know based on form already you know, herbert shouldn't be too concerned about what they what they're showing
0: Yeah, well, yeah, you know, I think that the defense is going to have to, you know, toe the line really for Broncos going into this game. I I really think their lack of offensive production is going to hurt them. But my verdict, Lee's going to love me for this. uh, But Chargers 32, uh, Broncos 12. I really think the the way that Justin Herbert's got this one play ability where he can – you know, how it's a Herbert, like I've said, he he can put a ball up there and any one of his receivers, you've got some really great receivers, he can go up and get it. And I think, I think because the lack of Broncos production and the amount of free and outs that they've had and not necessarily the turnovers, but just the, the way they can't get the ball moving. I think that's going to put the ball in Justin Herbert's hands so much. And because he's got that over the top playability, that's really uh, where they're going to run up the score. And We'll go straight to you then um, off of this, Lee. What's your verdict for this game? What's your prediction?
1: I mean, I love the confidence. I'm loving, if that does become the scoreline, then I'll absolutely love it. But I have it as quite a close game, actually. I think the Chargers have a propensity to play down to opponents, to play in tough games and make it tougher than it is. We've seen it every single week this whole season. I have the Chargers winning by 24 to 21. I think it will come down to the last play, the last drive. Um, hopefully, Michael Badger can redeem himself after a, a pretty poor performance, like four points on the field last week. I'm hoping that he can get that game winner or, and, and, you know, and like I say, redeem himself, come back into the coach's good graces and the fans' good graces as well. Um, but yeah, I don't think it will be an easy game for us at all. I think, like you said, we'll have the better better chances, the best team, um, but. It's the Chargers at the end of the day, isn't it? And we know what happens. It's never going to be an easy game, really, especially against a fairly decent opponent. So, yeah, just a three uh, sorry, a three point win for us on Sunday.
0: Are you going to make it a clean sweep for uh, our picks then, Andy? Is it going to be us agreeing on the winner of every single game?
2: <laughs> I think it might be, mate. I've, I've got you, I've got the Chargers winning 31 24. Um, yeah, like like we've said, I think Herbert's looking great. If he can con- continue that, it's going to have too much. For that Broncos defense and uh, the offense is clearly still figuring itself out. So you never know if it, if it clicks like it did at the occasion at the end of last season, the Broncos could be in this one. Um, but I. I, I, I Disagree with leave, even though it's his team. I'm, I think it'd be quite comfortable, and uh, and I'll just jinx you
1: nicely like that, mate. <laughs> yeah, I hope you guys are right. I'll be honest. <laughs> but,
2: uh, but no, it's going to be a good game. I'm looking forward to that one, as, as I'll probably be getting battered across by Aaron Donald on the other channel. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, before I get you guys to give out your handles, Tim has uh, asked me to mention as well that the full 10 yards make it official scheme uh, has actually added another person. So we've got another person going through that scheme right now. And that's great news uh, for the scene. Uh, that's, for, that's a message directly from Tim, uh, Tim underscore Monk F10Y on Twitter. Um, so you, you want guys want to give out your Twitter handles and anything you're working on?
1: Yeah, so I'm uh, at Wakefield90 on Twitter. You'll know me and you, know, you know, all three of us from the 14 yards college football podcast that'll be going to you midweek. Um, you're just dropping in for Kieran's corner uh, to talk some charges. But yeah, I think what we're going to do, um, myself and yourself, Kieran, aren't we? we're going to kind of use the material that we're going to do with the Justin Herbert article that kind of, with him starting quite quickly, right, we kind of didn't get around to. Uh, but we're going to kind of, go for an offensive rookie of the year shout out aren't we between joe burrow and justin herbert because we think those two guys are going to be the candidates so we'll be working on on that over the next coming weeks um but yeah obviously as i say the only thing i want else one shout out is our work all together and that's the full thing I was, college football podcast so um yeah that'll be dropping every wednesday everywhere you can get your podcasts
0: yeah um and obviously just before andy gives out his twitter handle and um the Dolphins uh, fan podcast. I just want to give a bit uh, big ups to two of our other colleagues, Liam, Liam 66 NFL on Twitter and Rob that's FF Britballer on Twitter. But uh, Andy, you want to tell us what's coming up on the uh, fan podcast as well?
2: Yes, mate. We've got um, an interview with someone from uh, one of the Alabama student networks there next week, I think, to uh, talk to us first game. So that'll be an interesting one. And uh, yeah, check out a couple of the recent pods we've done. We've had some, we had an Olympic gold medal winner. We've had uh, Nat Coombs. So it's, it's yeah, it's a nice little thing we've got going there uh, at Dolphin UK underscore Pod. Uh, and I'm at AJ Moore 21, but I'm sure you don't want my, my politics as much as you want Kieran's politics. So it's uh, <laughs> all good fun. And uh, I was going to add in as well that I hope you guys are wrong with your offensive rookie of the year, and we've got another one instead. Well, we've got <laughs> one on South Beach instead. But yeah, we'll see how that goes. Uh, big week for us, really. So be exciting.
0: Mm. Yeah, well, thank you for coming on, guys. I do appreciate it. And it's, it's good that we could talk about each other's teams today. And even if it was bigging up both your teams and clowning on mine, it is always fun, uh, especially because the dominance of LSU will just continue this weekend. Um, so uh, from me, Finessa Hudgens, Kamala Haggis, at DCCYTFootball on Twitter, whatever you want to call me. It's, you know, it's been a great one, guys. I appreciate you coming on and we'll see you all in the next one.